This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. listening to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio with me, Deb Wolf, and once again, I feel like we need a drum roll played by cats. Dusty Rainbow is joining me on the show. She's the author of many books, including Ghost Cats, but also uh, some cat training books like Kittens for Dummies and Cat Wrangling Made Easy. And I love to have her on the show. And as you all know, if you've been on Facebook, which many of you have, or Instagram, I've gotten so many questions, YouTube, I've gotten about 10 questions from Ness42 and Bailey Scott and many other people who didn't want to be named, and I have their naughty kitty questions for Dusty Rainvolt. So welcome to the show, Dusty. I love my naughty kitties. Uh, Thank you for having me. (laughs) Oh, well, it's my pleasure. Okay, so the first one, it's a whole paragraph, right? Like most people send me a sentence on their cat problem. And the dog people always send me like a page and a half. But this one, this is a whole paragraph. So here we go. This is from Ness42 with a cake. Ness42, I guess. Okay. So I have two cats, littermates, that I've had since they were small kittens. The male cat has always peed in our house, particularly targeting dog and kids items. Very nice. We keep all bedroom doors shut to prevent peeing on beds. We've tried multiple types of litter, litter boxes, litter boxes on each level of the house. We've taken him to the vet to make sure there's nothing medical going on. We've done feel-away spray and anxiety medication. They sound like they're regular listeners, actually. I'm at my wit's end. Is there anything to stop the cat from urinating outside the litter box? Dusty. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Poor people. I know. First of all, it does not uh, the good for them for taking the cat to the vet. That's that's always my number one suggestion because so many times it is a health problem as opposed to a a uh, medical problem or a behavioral problem. So anyway, kudos for doing that. After that, it sounds not so much like a urination problem as it is a marking problem. So what I would suggest, since they have taken appropriate steps, first of all, if there's any way to prevent the cat from coming in contact with the the locations, the targets that he likes the most, that would be a good thing. But before we do that, I would start a journal. And when they catch him doing it, try to mark down what's going on at the time you know or did uh, the kids just come home from school is there a a big dog out you're trying to find a pattern trying to find some causal thing what's triggering this cat to do that that's exactly right so if you have a journal i mean you don't need to go into a lot of detail but okay you see the cat doing it and then just look around is another cat near it is the kid near it did you just have the Early warning sirens go off on, you know, the for the monthly test. Uh, is the TV loud? Are you playing rock music? Whatever is going on, just put it down, even if it doesn't seem like it would make a lot of sense. The trigger could be a smell. It could be sound. It could be any number of things. 
Okay, so while they're trying to figure that out, and they've got, I mean, I feel bad for these people because they've already got all their bedroom doors closed and still the cat finds some stray child's item or dog toy or dog equipment and pees on it. I mean, you can't get rid of the dog beds. Probably, I'm guessing, the dog bed or whatever the dog thing that this cat is marking was already scented and they didn't realize. So it might be time to get a new dog bed. It might already have a lot of urine scent for whatever reason on it. You know, chuck it, start over. But but then what? Also, it could be uh, everything you're describing is a soft item. So it could be that uh, the, the cat has a texture preference and that he enjoys uh, marking specific textures like the you know the stuffed animals and the, right. the dirty clothes and but it also sounds like it could be scent as you say so the other thing i would do if there is a certain place or thing that he likes to mark perhaps you just give him a sacrificial item you know whether it's the the dog's bed or whatever and give him a legal place where he can urine mark. And uh, if he can go in there and, and satisfy that need, then keep everything else squeaky clean and uh, see if that helps. Oh, wow. So indulge him. That's like those um, those clinics that give drug addicts drugs. I mean, you're letting him mark on something specific, but at least it's not the rest of the house and all the items in the house. If you make a designated spot that he's allowed, it's just like a litter box, really. Exactly. And and that's basically what uh, a scratching post is. You know, that's a, a different kind of marking. There are, there are uh, scent glands on their paws. And if you give them a, an item that they like to uh, scratch, then, then they'll do that instead of the furniture. If you do get a scratching post for a cat, make sure this post is tall enough for the cat to stretch to use it. They sell these little one foot long cardboard things, horizontal things. It's absolutely useless. Your cat has to reach, stretch and pull. And it has to be something you're okay with him destroying. That's the point of it. You know, when it gets all ratty and stuff, you kind of trim it and vacuum it. and But you, you let him go to town on it. That is the point of the scratching post. So the other thing is, I don't know what their other situation is, but you know, a lot of cats that are indoor cats don't have much to do during the day. And so occupying themselves by marking things, stress can also cause urine marking. So he may just be sitting around like a a teenage kid going, gosh, I don't have anything to do. So you need to give him a job before you go to work in the morning, get a toy out and a feather on a stick and make him work. Give him 10 minutes of hard jumping and running exercise a day. I mean, in the morning and then do it again in the evening. This does a number of things. First of all, it wicks off this uh, excess energy that he may have, you know, I mean, like a teenage kid, you know, why do we, we give uh kids sports and make them go run and and play football and jump and all that that's to to help get rid of some of that nervous energy the other thing is once you get him to running and jumping you're releasing endorphins and serotonins in the brain and so that's also going to make him happier make him happy give him a sense of well-being and safety and uh, the other thing i would do is the specific items that he is marking, I would make sure they're clean if 
that is possible. I mean, make sure they're clean. But also spray the specific items with the feel away because uh, that is a synthetic facial pheromone and cats generally do not mark yeah, items mark that have been faces. marked with their yeah, facial yeah, Exactly. Markings. Okay. So that's a good strategy. I've tried some of these sprays they've sent me to try, you know, to promote like mm-hmm. stuff that's supposed to keep the cat away and the stuff that's supposed to draw the cat. This is not feel away. This is other companies. And none of it ever worked. Like it was almost funny, you know, like the cats totally avoided the thing that was supposed to draw them. And they were sort of curious about the thing that was supposed to repel them. So, so far, I haven't had good luck with most products like that. Feel away is the exception. That stuff works. But you got to watch like what happens because sometimes you get a dramatic reaction. Like one time I I bought a feel away uh, it was this little collar and you were supposed to put it on the cat that was getting picked on and all the other cats would then like that cat. But that didn't work. It actually, they got really angry with him and I had to take it off him. But it had a remarkable result. It's not like it didn't do anything. It had a result. I ended up hanging it on the cat scratch and it would make the cats go wild with happiness and attack the cat scratch. And then they all got along with him better. But it it wasn't, you know, you kind of have to tweak these things sometimes. I also wanted to, even though they sent me a paragraph, they mentioned the child and they mentioned the dog and they mention another cat. And to me, these are all like red flags. Like they are. Is the other cat, even if it's smaller, even if it's its sister, is the other cat maybe stopping this cat from getting in the litter box? Is the dog doing something like raiding the litter boxes and taking out what's there and, and harassing the cat when it's in there? Is the dog a male dog like the cat? Is there some kind of rivalry going on there that I'm, Absolutely. you know, that they're not mentioning? And then what about this child? Does this child continually kind of follow and force attention on the cats when they've had enough? And maybe this one is bigger and easier to catch or not as willing for some reason. I mean, there's all these kind of things that could be factors, right? Absolutely. And the causes for, uh, first of all, we don't even know that it's marking. I'm, I'm making some assumptions here, but the, the causes for inappropriate elimination are legion. To be honest, it's very hard to figure things out from one paragraph. And uh, without sounding like a shameless promoter, I do have a book called Cat Scene Investigator, Solve Your Cat's Litter Box Mystery. And it is comprehensive and it asks you all these questions so that you can act like a detective because that's what you're going to have to do is you have yes. to look around and it helps you look at the house and the cats and the kids and the neighbors and the outside all from a holistic meaning a full view. And then by evaluating the entire situation you can hopefully figure out what it is. Well, we've spent a lot of time on this problem. We're going to go to break and come back with a different problem from Bailey Scott sent it in. But we did spend a lot of time on it because it's the number one reason cats are turned into the shelters. So we we got to hit this one heavy. So check out that book if you're at your wit's end with your cat that's peeing or spraying where it shouldn't. Okay, we're going to break and we'll be back with Bailey Scott's question about needing... Okay, stay tuned to Animal Party Pet Life Radio. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. 
Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, we're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio with me, Deb Wolf, and cat expert, Dusty Rainbow. And she's the best-selling author of many books, including, what was the one you just mentioned? Cat Scene Investigator, Solve Your Cat's Litter Box Mystery. That one. And I like Cat Wrangling Made Easy, one of my favorite cat books of all time. And then there's Kittens for Dummies. So she's really got a lot of cat books behind her. And this next question comes to you, Dusty, from Bailey Scott. I can't sit or lay down without my older female cat needing me. That's with a K. Uh-huh. You know, that that climb just telling from my viewers. That's that thing they do with their hands where they kind of, kind of sort of scratch you and and move their claws in and out like they're making a nest. Anyway, is there a reason she does this? It gets to be too much. (laughs) (laughs) What do you say to that one? Well, my goodness, I know some people that uh, would just love it if their cats would need on them too much, but it can be a problem for some people. Kudos for having a relationship where the older cat wants to be with her. Uh, Not everybody has that. I particularly like the ones where they drool. They get so excited, they start to drool. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, no, not that <laughs> while I'm sleeping. Ew, gross. Anyway. Yeah, the water works. The water yeah, works. Yeah, like, how do you stop a cat who loves you too much? There's also, okay, so there was another question from someone on the internet from YouTube saying, how do you stop your cat from sleeping on your head? Yes. Yes, good question. I need good. to know that one. Okay. Well, uh, let's go back to needing too much. And I guess that that would be a double entendre for needing with a K and needing with a double E. One thing that might be a problem is that the the cat's nails are too long because I have a couple that just love to need my belly and I constantly have uh, uh, scratches. So that would be the first thing is just make sure Fluffy's little toenails are trimmed. And if Fluffy is not a fan of her doing that, she can start to train him by giving him baby food, turkey baby food with no onions or garlic. But put that like on a a spoon. And as uh, you're trimming the nails, somebody can hold the spoon and, and let him or her lick it off. And Distract it's a good, and it's a good distraction. It's a fabulous distraction, and um, so that <laughs> might help a little bit. This is an older cat. I like it. Yes, this is an older cat. So uh, one thing that could be happening is we might be, you know, just like a, a human being. Uh, when we get older, we tend to get cold. 
And so, you know, perhaps our uh, the kitty circulation is not as good as it once was. And so we might be a little cold. So if you have a, a self-warming, nice, fluffy, self-warming bed with that with the space age material mylar in it, that might be nice, a little heating pad. And then we might not have the need to have constant physical contact. We're going to go to break. And we're going to come back and talk about why does my cat like my office chair and how do I get my cat to stop sleeping on my head. Stay tuned to Animal Party Pet Life Radio with guest Dusty Rainbow. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hello. We're back on Animal Party with me, Deb Wolf, and guest Dusty Rainbolt, and we're going to ask her all your questions, including, why does my cat like my office chair? That's my question. The back of my office chair, above my head. Every time I'm on the radio, there's a cat there. And uh, so I, I actually took a little video of the cat there without me there, because he's often there waiting. And I put it on YouTube, and I put it on uh, Facebook. And so people are wondering, why does the cat go up there? And why do cats sleep on the back, on the top of your head? And how do you get them to stop, Dusty? (laughs) Well, first of all, cats are social creatures. People say, oh, they're not, they're independent. Well, they are, but uh, they are also social. However, they may not be social like a dog is. They may not want constant physical contact with you. And, um, it's actually quite a uh, compliment for the cat to be near you. I, in some cases, I think it's it's as meaningful as a dog constantly saying, pet me, pet me, pet me. You know, uh, it, it's a good thing. They want to be around your scent. They just want to be around you. Uh, I, when you first mentioned it, I thought that you were talking about on the, the seat of the chair. But yeah, just being above you just says... I want to be with you. I want to hang out with you, but I don't necessarily want you petting me all the time. So good for you. (laughs) As a matter of fact, my little boyfriend, Jeffy, is uh, on the desk right behind my uh, computer screen, and he wants to be with me, but he doesn't necessarily want me bothering him. So anyway. Okay. Well, that that brings us to about six different messages that we got about the same cat. So we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the orange tabby male cat who lives at the Iron Mountain store, who is getting a lot of heat on here. He's not so nice. And there's this orange tabby cat 
that lives at the feed store, which is also right beside the post office in this rural area near me. And he greets a lot of people, but then he kind of changes his mind part way. And so you always hear the staff at the store say, I wouldn't pet him. Don't know. Don't pet him. He scratches. He bites. And there's a big sign with a picture of a similar cat that says, you know, cat bites, cat, cat scratches, don't touch. And and so I've got a lot of emails about him. What Emails like, why does he get in my car if he doesn't want me to touch him? And why does he like to be pet? And then all of a sudden stop liking being pet and questions like that. So I think there's cats out there that are like this. They seem to want you to pet them. And then all of a sudden they're attacking your arm. What's going on with that? Well, again, as I always say, if you have an animal that has a behavior like that, I think it's really important to take him to the vet. It sounds like at some point he enjoys being petted, but then it becomes too much. And then that could be something like uh, arthritis. It could be uh, something called hyperesthesia. I have to say, I've seen the back of this cat. And I mean, if he was a human, he might work in the porn industry. This cat... (laughs) This cat is packing. Honest to God. It's like a goat dwarfed with a cat. He is not neutered. Let me just say. Oh, well, there you go. I think this is factoring in. I think he jumps into the cars because he wants to put a scent all over them. He smells other animals. He doesn't really want you to pet him when he jumps into your car. That's my thinking. I don't know. Maybe. Well, uh, first of all, I would, if I were you, I would uh, definitely keep my windows rolled up. As a matter of fact, it's funny because the feed store in my area, uh, it's been long closed, but they had a cat named Mama Cat and uh, Mama Cat did not like dogs. And so if somebody had their dog in the, the truck or whatever, and, you know, with the window rolled down just ever so slightly, the guy who owned the feed store would always say, don't bring your dogs. Please don't bring your dog. Because <laughs> Mama Cat would would somehow flatten her, her whole body, get in there and beat the crap out of these poor dogs. <gasps> no. I mean, and we're talking, we're talking German shepherds. We're talking wow. big dogs. They were yelping and screaming for help. And and when the guys would bring bring them, you know, in into the the feed store, the you know, it was just never good. Blood was I can't always, imagine that. I can't imagine it, it. Oh my gosh. Blood was always present and it was never mama cats. So. Right. Oh, <laughs> wow. Little ninja. Okay. Well, but, uh, um, but anyway, you know, I mean, the, the, I think he's getting overstimulated, not this cat in particular, but other people's cats. They seem like they want to be pet and you're not watching carefully that they're kind of saying they've had enough or you're being too rough or you're touching them where they don't want to be touched. Like you kind of got to watch and stop before they get to that point, right? That's exactly where I was getting ready to go. Yes. And think about when we were kids, we all had that aunt with the, who would come up and they loved us so much and they just wanted to oh, yeah, pinch your cheek on the Kisses on the face, you know, and yeah, and pinch your cheeks, pinch your cheeks so hard. And, and you know, from her perspective, it was loving, and it was just from the joy of being around her, her little niece or nephew. 
And from the from our perspective, it's like, oh God, leave me alone. You know, two seconds is plenty. And I think that that's what happens with cats. As you said, they get overstimulated. Uh, if you pet your arm, stroke your arm over and over and over, even your own touch becomes irritating after a little while. And so I, I, I think a lot of cats have that same stimulation issue. And uh, as you said, they do tend to, you know, watch the ears, watch the eyes, watch the tail. If the tail starts flicking, then, you know, leave them alone. I always go by the, the old show business saying, leave them wanting more. Yes. So pet, pet the kitty for, you know, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, and then stop and walk away. If kitty continues to follow you, Again, another 10, 15 seconds, walk away. Keep them wanting more. And and then Fluffy will tell you when it's time because he's not going to come back and, and ask uh, solicit attention. You know, I was just so happened the other day. I was at a blues club and I was introduced to someone who they said, oh, he works for the movies. He trains bears and lions. So I'm mm -hmm. like, really? Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lions, tigers, bears. Oh my. Let me let me talk to this guy. So I started talking to him and I told him I was having you on the show. And I told him about how, you know, I can't imagine working with a lion because when I work with cats, you know, like I'm getting them to do a cat food commercial or whatever. And and all of a sudden they just lose interest, lose patience, go, you know, the cat that's been really easy going is all of a sudden clawing your arm. I said, I can't imagine that with a lion. You must have to uh, anticipate their behavior and know them so well. And he's like, yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> and then he starts telling me all these stories. Can you imagine, Dusty, working with a cat with the power of a lion? Oh my goodness, no. <laughs> that would be terrifying. I mean, you think what powerful little predators they are, and they're 10, 12, maybe 20 pounds. And uh, then you put all that power and everything into a 200 or 400 pound animal. Oh my goodness. Or even a 50 the pound cat. Yes. Like oh wolves goodness. and dogs, they just have their mouth as their weapon, but cats have their claws. That's way more weaponry. That's like carrying around knives on every, you know, limb. Like that's crazy. Well, and, and <laughs> let me just go ahead and, and one quick thing. Uh, so a lot of people who love dogs will see the the cat on its back, and it looks, you know, come hither. Yeah, come pet that, my belly. No, I call that the Venus flytrap <laughs> because in some cases, in some cats, that does mean. I trust you and it's okay to touch me. In some cats, it just means I am showing you how much I trust you, but I really don't want you touching my belly because yeah. it's That's the, most the betrayal. Part. But exactly. The other hand, I trust you not to touch my tummy. If you touch yeah. my tummy, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to, I'm going to put all four feet in on it and grab your arm or hand with all my claws. But the other thing is, uh, so we have three potential messages here. We've got that. And then uh, we also have the fact that even though it looks like come hither, come pet me, it's, uh, the cat may actually be bringing all its weapons to bear. We are talking about 18 very sharp claws and teeth. So if, if a cat uh, feels threatened, they may flop over on his back so that all of his weapons are brought to bear on whoever's stupid enough to take part in that. <laughs> yeah, like a wrestler taking it to the mat. 
Yeah, it's a, exactly. It's a strategy. Okay, well, we've run out of time, but I'm going to have you back because I've got so many more questions. People want to know have so many more answers. That's <laughs> awesome. People want to know how to introduce a cat to a dog, and a cat to a cat, and a kitten to a puppy, and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to talk about that in our next show, everybody. But thank you for listening, and thank you for joining us today, Dusty. It is my pleasure. Oh, it's been great. Everybody at Animal Party and me, Dub Wolf, be good dear animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.